We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, besties. It's episode 39. 39. Welcome to the pod. We are officially on a new podcast platform, guys. We have an agency. Shout out to us being little girl bosses. Now that doesn't mean much. Like this is not our full time gig yet. Manifest that for that. Manifest that for us if you're a manifestation girly that we can get some sort of full time salary off being girl bosses. But for now, we're just haggling, right, Emma? We're just haggling. We get like little sums here and there in different ways. We just Venmo um, each other back and forth. Basically, we're just like um, potato money, zero money. <laughs> Kate, how have you been? You know, um, I'm kind of anticipating. So you're fully moved in, which is exciting. I love that I'm sharing your life as like my part of the podcast. Um, so I'm fully banned on TikTok, which has been deteriorating my mental health because everyone's going on my TikTok and like your account's banned and I can't reply to the comments and I just look like a bad person. And I'm just like, God damn it. Everyone on the internet probably thinks I'm a fucking hate crime perpetuator. But I was going to say, now that you're officially moved in, I'm excited for us to just run into each other on the streets all the time. I know. Has that happened yet? Um, yeah, it's at a Whole Foods one day. Oh, yes, that did happen. Yeah, and you were leaving and I was going. We were discussing groceries because we buy the same shit. Have you got any new grocery going- items this week? new grocery items oh I randomly bought feta cheese because I've been like craving feta cheese it's been good um the scout canning has continued to be delicious I don't have a microwave in my new apartment so like I have not been eating as many potatoes because I need yeah. to develop the the trait that is patience uh yeah um sourdough bread has been hitting nice I've been doing a lot of honey I've done I have like 12 peaches that I bought from Trader Joe's a week ago that are like staring at me. I was going to text Emma yesterday. We'll do, we'll get into this in a bit. Texted Emma yesterday. I think I'm going to make peach jam, but I didn't at all. Yeah, you were like, I'm just going to toss some peaches in a blender and call it jam. <laughs> As all recipe developers do, just toss it in a blender. That's how chickpea cookie dough is, right? You just toss some peanut butter and chickpeas and you act like you're happy. Yeah. Um, which brings us to... Uh, a downward spiral we had yesterday Saturday night it was like 9 p.m one of us started I don't know what the fucking start of this spiral was perhaps basically Kate and I are just like bored with life we're like having existential crisis like why are we still 22 what's the purpose of us living in New York like do we do we like deserve to be here I think this is something a lot of people think about like oh my god all my money I make my money and then it just goes towards rent and like buying food and I'm like that is such a sad fucking life to live that I hate I'm working to be able to cover my rent. And then Emma and I were like, damn, you know, 
as much as I love just going on like walks down Houston street, I can't imagine, you know, not having that, but I, at the same time, I'm going crazy. Like it's I can't imagine people. doing that for the rest of my life. I'm also just like, as much as I don't like people, I'm like, I kind of would like a new social group, yeah. new people to maybe hang out with once in my life. Like my social- responsibilities, like truly my only responsibilities or like my day just revolves around like literally going on walks and then like cooking food for myself and then like maybe doing like one errand. Right. And I feel like with the social battery thing, like we go out, I see people and that's enough. I'm like so exhausted after that. I need days to recuperate. But at the same time, like, I don't want to do anything social. Like, I don't want to change, you know, change is hard. And I don't necessarily know what we're, I feel like striving for either, right? Like we were talking, I was saying, you know, what if I walked to California, perhaps? What if I bought rollerblades, perhaps? Would that- If I started making quilts. (laughs) Yeah, like I made pecan milk this morning, which actually was good. Uh, That's not even a new thing for me. Um, You know, maybe I'll change my dating app prompts every single day, if that'll help. It won't. <laughs> it won't. Yeah. Oh, also on the meme page, I forgot to forgot to mention we have a giveaway with Mood Belly. They make some sexy old adaptogens open to US only. Sorry, girlies. We try to pull our strings with companies and most of them are only US only. So, you know, one day there's probably going to be a super cool sexy supplement band that is international founded by two girl bosses, but who fucking knows? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? For the time being, though, all the international girlies, we see, we see you, we hear you, we see you. (laughs) Realize, realize, realize. That's all we got to say. Okay, so today's episode, I feel like a lot of people are going to tap into this shit. So if you've never listened to one of our podcasts, hello, hello. what the fuck's up? We're Kate and Emma. We're the idiots behind the meme page, the viral meme page, CMOS girlies, and this beautiful podcast you're listening to called What the Fuck is CMOS? Today's podcast is going to be about goop. Gwyneth Paltrow, as she said before, life is balanced between cigarettes and tofu. We're going to get into the good, the bad, the ugly, how she's transformed the industry. Um, Because, you know, the first thing that most people think of when when you just say wellness, probably just a picture of a stupid white woman. Yes. (laughs) Stupid white woman selling some rich shit that is like problematic for a plenty of reasons. And so we figured let's do a podcast about Miss Goop. Our only like interaction with Goop, have you ever been to the store in New York? Um, I have not been into the store, but I've been on their website plenty of times. Same. We did attempt to go to the store when we had our little What the Fuck is Seamoss stickers when we were putting around New York. We put one on the Goop store and I live decently close to it. So I walked by the next morning. It was already taken down. So I think Gwyneth is watching us secretly. She has her little spies. Um, I also think like all the Goop stores are closed. Probably. But she has a goop kitchen now in LA. So if you live in LA, you can probably get some like raw kale, cedar, <laughs> sunflower, cauliflower thing, gluten free something, some yeah. sort of like Sakara life bullshit. Truly. Um, yeah. So we've made memes about goop before and y'all laugh. Um, we've made one, I made one recently about the intuitive fasting thing, which <laughs> we're going to discuss in today's episode. So uh buckle up get your notes ready it's gonna be juicy hot takes from us idiot gen z girlies not idiots we're just you know we're smart we're smart we're smart we're smart we're smart we just make memes so we might come across as silly but get ready for debunking goop that's today's show you ready for it emma i'm ready for it kate okay i'll call you back in a bit talk to you later cmos girlies
Cocokine is a beauty brand that's all about topical skincare formulas powered by research-backed ingredients. They believe that beauty companies should be transparent and inclusive, and that products should be accessible to all and sustainable while helping you achieve healthy skin. Instead of stripping moisture from skin with harsh ingredients, their plant-powered formulas help tackle dryness, excessive oil production, and breakouts. Cocokine also believes that you shouldn't have to break the bank to get results from your skincare products, which is why all of their products are $30 or less. You can find Cocokine online at cocokine.com backslash cmosgirlies, and you also can get 10% off off your first order with the code cmosgirlies. Cocokine is also available in stores at Target and Whole Foods. You know, Emma and I can't shut up about starting your day with the perfect oatmeal toppings. And you're probably thinking, what could be better than securing a bag of maca powder or matching with a boy who actually knows what adaptogens are? Um, hello, a large and juicy medjool date. That's why we're so excited to tell you about today's sponsor, Julie's. Julie's is a pantry staple for all the wellness gods. Their hand-picked medjool dates from Coachella Valley, California are certified USDA organic, naturally vegan, and free of all allergens. There is no better way to snack on Jolie's than with your favorite nut butter or on a bowl of oats. And Jolie's even has a date syrup to drizzle on a stack of pancakes. So if you want to taste some Jolie's for yourself, definitely use code CMOSGIRLIES for 15% off your first order. Now back to the show. We're back. We're ready to talk about Miss Goop. So we're going to get into some background about her. You know, Emma and I don't watch TV or movies, as we've said before, so I don't really know much about her life. She's an actress, right? Yeah, she's an actress. I think she was like a model. Chris Martin or something. Is that his name? I don't (laughs) fucking know. She has a kid named Apple. That's the extent of it. Yeah, that's Um, all. but, But the history, how did this mysterious woman from Hollywood grow this crazy absurd wellness empire um miss gwyneth reportedly got interested into health and wellness when her dad was diagnosed with cancer and like how she kind of got interested into like starting goop i suppose is like when she was filming first like different films like on sets like when she'd be in france or fucking like canada or whatever she'd always like ask around like oh what's the best like gelato place what's the best like place to get a haircut and then like all these like people would like give her suggestions so then she kind of had this like huge like database, of, like all like the best spots and like whatever places all around the world. And she just kind of started off as creating this like weekly newsletter, which was like originally meant to be just a private database for friends, which I'm like, that's like stupid. Um, also just like weird. I'm like, why? Yeah, you- like with Miss Gwyneth like sitting and like being yeah. like, guys, this is where you wish you go get like carrot muffins. Yeah. Um, we'll get the blush here. Yeah. And then it basically it like grew because thanks to her for celebrity profile, but also just like all of her haters who were like ridiculing her for like the jade eggs and like other too good to be true, like health advice and claims. And she was actually, she randomly ran into like whatever, one of her like investor friends, of course, classic, classic, classic. story. Everyone just has a friend who's an investor. Who's an investor. Like, at a party, I guess. And she was like, explain, Miss Gwyneth was like explaining a whole like newsletter goop shit. And she was like, you know, you can make like so much money from this from like, you know, building like, you know, a following of like women. And then that's kind of like how it then fully turned into like a business model. Cause it was like, oh, hey, there's like money to be made by like ripping people off and like selling them snake oil. There's money to be selling other affluent white women, particularly products they probably don't need for problems that they don't have that you are diagnosing them. Chef's kiss, girl boss archetype. So also one thing, <laughs> okay, of two things that really introduced me to goop, before I really got into like my own, I feel like personal health and wellness journey is one, I was like, Goop, that's such a weird name. Like, why the fuck would you call it that? So Googled it 
she when she was coming up with a name obviously her initials are gp and she like sometimes self calls she calls herself gp which i find to be very fucking pompous to be like i'm gp like refer to me as gp she looked at companies like google and facebook and said oh a lot of successful internet companies have two double o or have double o's or two o's in their name hmm so i should just do that and put that between my initials and that's how goop was fucking created she wanted it to be a word that meant nothing and could mean anything i'm like wow literally she's such a fucking scammer like that's just the dumbest shit ever and of course a billion dollar trillion i don't even know money company you know secondly i read this article and it was in i think it's a few years ago um some article about gwyneth paltrow's supplements and someone was doing like an investigation of what was in them and they did a side-by-side comparison and gwyneth paltrow's products are like 100% similar to Alex Jones products, the crazy right-wing radio guy. Uh, You know, they market it differently, obviously. She's marketing shit like sex, like a sex dust type product, which I know that's a Moonjuice product, but, you know, sexy libido-enhancing product. And then the Alex Jones male equivalent product product for dudes is like, increase your sex drive, like testosterone (laughs) booster. And they have the same herbal compounds or Eastern medicine blends and they're like using them just to target different audiences. So that's kind of how I found out about Goop. And I was like, wow, some woman just making bullshit up. Sounds about right in America. Gwyneth and Alex are basically, are truly the same person. Yeah. Hence uh, this fucking episode. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So obviously, I mean, it kind of comes as no surprise that like Miss Gwyneth definitely has like no medical experience or formal medical training since she's an actress um so really there's kind of no reason why she should be running goop and like making all these like claims and like basically diagnosing women with like women with like problems that they definitely don't have and they really goop really relies on like dubious claims and like personal testimonials rather than like fact and science and there's like very little reference to like clinical trials and studies with like anything that they promote and so if you're like looking if you're like interested into like eastern medicine or like alternative medicine functional medicine, you choose your like title. You're definitely better off trusting information from like a licensed practice practitioner, medical professional. There's plenty of people out there that have their own websites, their own blogs, just go on a fucking health line, like call and it a day. Do, like on that point, there are some people that are probably saying similar health claims to Gwyneth Paltrow. But I think the point to question is that she was probably only able to grow to a degree because she was a celebrity. And I think that's the issue with celebrity run kind of things is like, they probably didn't have the grit and the efficacy to go study this for themselves and really build a company Um, versus like someone who's, yeah, like started their own herbal supplement company, whether or not they're licensed and have the right medical degree or this or that, that is your own, I think, judgment call if you want to trust their advice. But at least, you know, that person did not just say, I'm an actress and I want to go scam people for money and like create this whole empire just because I have money and want to make more of it. Right. Um, And that gets into controversies, which is the entire episode, basically controversies that Gwyneth herself has gotten into and Goop as a corporation have gotten into. So she's been in a few lawsuits herself. Uh, One of the biggest ones was in 2018. So Goop was accused of having very deceptive health claims and then proceeded to violate a court order. So I won't get too legalese here, but there was a 2018 lawsuit filed by 10 different California district attorney offices 
which is quite a threshold to reach that capacity, just legally speaking. There were more than 50 problematic health claims on her website and there, you know, any sort of health, I think we're very used to sweeping health claims now in 2021 versus maybe in like 2008 when she first started. So on her website, there were claims of like, you know, this can in- treat your anxiety, your depression, your OCD. And it was in things like a perfume or a candle. She, so she went and settled these claims outside of court and she admitted there was no wrongdoing. So she had to pay a fine. It was $145,000 in civil penalties. And it was specifically for the jade, the jade egg, which was one of her most like scammy products that a lot of people probably have heard about and know about. And she also offered that she would refund customers who bought the products and agreed to the order that she would stop making disseminating claims on her website about any sort of supplement or medical device or any shit she sells on her website. So this was back in 2018. So I would say that like the Goop website and kind of like Empire had a lot of these like bullshit claims prior to 2018. And now they've had to reinvent themselves to like a little bit more I would say like a blurred line when they create health claims, right? They're not going to say outright, this will cure your depression, but it's like, we'll make you feel like lovey-dovey. Like it gets all psycho, like, like um, pseudo science typing, not psycho, but like pseudo like marketing type shit now uh, versus prior to 2018. Yeah. Yeah. And like one of the most recent kind of like controversies that is correlated with, with the pandemic, um, they were like, basically suggesting different like long COVID cures because I guess like Miss Gwena supposedly was experiencing long COVID symptoms and so suggesting like herbal cocktails intuitive fasting which we'll get into later infrared saunas that like could fix long COVID um obviously these are not going to fix anything also like who like who the fuck has access to an infrared sauna like the fuck um and the medical medical director of NHS um England called her out and said that her claims are not solutions that they would recommend And so I think it just like goes to show that like, yeah, it's like very harmful to like make very sweeping claims that like are backed with like no evidence. Yeah. And that gets into her little Netflix series. So she has this summit called like the InGoop Health Summit. We didn't do much research on that because I don't, that feel like that's kind of obvious. It's kind of like that. And also like the tickets are like, start at like over a thousand dollars. And it's just like listening to like people talk about like the macrobiotic diet for like two hours. Yeah. That stuff is like, obviously like elitist and like expensive. There's not much nuance there, but with this Netflix series, the Goop Lab, I never watched it. Once again, I don't have Netflix. But every episode was sort of like looking into a different alternative mode of healing, whether it was like ayahuasca or something about the jade egg. And when it first came out, there were a lot of doctors across the spectrum, like internationally too, that came out and were like, this is problematic because it is sowing distrust in the medical, like the medical industry or industry um, institutions and such, because it's kind of saying like, okay, you need to find these alternative modes of healing. And it was discrediting a lot of doctors who took this to just be like bullshitty. And the thing is with Gwyneth Paltrow as like, this is a broader statement I think about her is that I'm sure that she has exposed a lot of people to alternative forms of healing who previously didn't know, who didn't know what adaptogens were, who didn't know what turmeric was. Like she did, you know, create this whole web, this whole fucking empire of like people that are now interested in wellness that probably would not have found out about Eastern medicine and different ancient modes of healing. But Gwyneth is not the right person to tell these stories. First of all, she has no lineage to these traditions and like no reason to be able to profit off of these 
forms of healing that she didn't fucking come up with, right? And I think that's the issue with her and probably a lot of other people in the wellness space is that they don't credit where their knowledge is coming from. And that's where like cultural appropriation ties into this. And it's kind of the, I feel like the wording of it is that she feels like she's introducing people to these supplements is like a new thing, right? And like, she didn't fucking create these in a vacuum. No, yeah. And I was, yeah, to like bounce off that. Yeah, like introducing them as like to the West as like a new way to like heal different trauma is definitely like so problematic because it's like, you're just like basically taking the credit of like people who like discovered these like practices and who have been practicing these for like years. And then just like, you know, ripping it from them being like, no, I came up with this or like, oh, look what I discovered. It's like, you didn't discover it, Juana. And that's kind of like, I think why I've been so confused by why she went ahead and like made a lot of her own products or classes or like this in-group health thing where if you're creating, you know, started from this newsletter, like we are talking about where you're giving recommendations, like you as a white woman found, you know, maybe a company that you liked that sourced adaptogens and were from, you know, where they grew the different herbs and such. Why didn't you just like create a newsletter and like fucking put hyperlinks of like where you got your stuff versus going and like making your own and like knowing that you have this celebrity linkage to really make trillions of dollars off of it that's where it kind of like blows my mind and I think that's just celebrities that like I feel like so many celebrities have like fucking skincare companies or any you know anytime they endorse very like little like ethics involved in like the development of it because they're just like I don't even know yeah it's like they just like know that it's gonna make them money it's like if yeah if you can like quickly get rich it's like obviously like no-brainer for them and I do think though that like the public is obviously like not entirely aloof to this I think people trust micro-influencers as an example. Like I was quoted in this article about, it was kind of looking at the psychological research that people would rather trust someone with 20,000 followers than Kim Kardashian with a million because it actually seems like a genuine recommendation for a product they actually use versus like Gwyneth Paltrow who has just like no reason to make money off of a product is just going to sell you a product versus if, you know, someone at your local bodega is like made this product and probably pumped a ton of like blood and energy into making this. I would rather support them and believe that this is a cure or like will help me in some way versus Gwyneth. But the next part of the fucking episode is getting into detoxing, which we've talked about a lot as it relates to health and wellness and how bullshit it is related to eating disorders, obviously. And a lot of like, you know, I feel like people in the health and wellness space have to experience this type of talk. She is a huge proponent of detox culture. She focuses a lot on like how to cleanse your body. A lot of the articles on the site are how to eliminate toxins from your home, get rid of all your household products. And my personal political shtick with this is that it individualizes responsibility for different environmental toxins, the environment just collapsing, like climate change as we're seeing with the air quality across the United States. And it tells a story that like, it is your responsibility to buy into a product to solve this versus look at the decades of government irresponsibility for like what has happened to our climate. But no, it's your fault. You don't have a fucking Berkey filter. It's not the government's fault that there has been lead in the water in Flint, Michigan for years, right? Like it is just getting people into such an individualistic mindset in the United States versus thinking about like broader systems that affect their lifestyles. And we talked a little bit about this in the episode about self-care and kind of like the commodification of self-care and how a lot of wellness is just buying you products versus thinking about the needs that your community may have. And like for me, for example, I'm on Airboat 22, live in New York. We're not originally from here, like definitely are on stolen land, are gentrifying and are contributing harm in some ways. And so like thinking about how I can affect my community in a positive way is a lot more difficult of an internal conversation to have 
than just going and buying like some purified water, right? Like it is easy for all of us to make these individual choices because it gets way too complex and nitty gritty and way too difficult to try to un, you know, unravel these big systems that we play a part in every single day. Um, you can, oh, go ahead. You can finish. And I was going to say the next part of like her fixation on detoxes is that you freak out. Like every product that you're touching has toxins in it. When you go on her website, like whether it be something like tampons to makeup, to lube, to skincare, hair care, all of your food, you're just like stressed as fuck, like about all of your surroundings. And you almost get to a point where like, I think this kind of was amplified with COVID too, for the right reasons, but you're cleaning everything, you're checking labels and everything in such a meticulous way that it's like, wow, you have so much time to purify your life when a lot of people don't even have their basic needs met. Like it's such a problem there. Well, also it's like, there's, I know there's like a full section, like on their website where it's literally just like detox. And it's like, what are you trying to detox from at this point? Like you drink celery juice and like eat steamed cauliflower guana. Like what, what is there to detox? And also like to keep in mind that like our body naturally detoxes itself through like the liver, urine, sweat. So it's like when you're getting be- being told like, oh, do this juice cleanse to like remove toxins. Like it's like fake and it's like not rooted in anything. And it's like not really going to help you. Like you don't have to actually worry about doing some like detox cleanse because like your body's going to do it for you. And I think what's also, it's like really crazy too, is that like, you know, I, with, I mean, granted with like a lot of like, you know, these type of like hippie voodoo, like wellness people, but especially with like goop also, it's like, you know, putting so much blame on that, like the medical industry and that, like, you know, basically like attacking them for like whatever reasons, um, and like questioning their science, but it's like everything that they promote and like make claims about is not rooted in science either. It's just like all about like, you know, sweeping claims and like personal testimonial testimony, testimonial. So it's like not even rooted in anything either. So it's like, what are you even like trying to like prove? Like it's, it's a terrible, it's a, yeah, it's a terrible battle. And another thing too, like what if Paltrow sells a wine, isn't that a toxin? So it's so selective. And I think that gets into an issue with like diet culture generally, like what's going to be the new food that's going to cause your inflammation this week. Like if you were to go and listen to a bunch of podcasts with goop and like probably all of her guests she had on and like make a meticulous list of what you should eat and what you shouldn't eat, you'd probably get down to just drinking water because they problematize every fucking food. And I feel like I was scared of peppers and like tomatoes for a long time. I was like, oh my God, nightshades, they're gonna kill me. And then next week it's gluten and then next week it's fish and then next week go vegan. And like, once again, it gets into the thing of like, who has time to listen to Goop, go on her website, buy her shit, purify their household. Like it is just perpetuating this like affluent, like white women's, you know, role that, all you are is to make your house pure. And like, that's what you're supposed to do with your leisure time versus other acts of like service or care that you could be contributing. I just think it's so problematic that, yeah, it feels like this, she's also, we're going to talk a little bit more about like feminism and how this kind of plays into that, but like she's seen as some sort of empowering life figure too, right? Like you can buy a yoni egg and be a girl boss too. Like, what the fuck? No, like you're just taking people's money at this point. Um, And the next point of the podcast is to talk about how elitist and expensive it is, which I feel like is a very obvious thing about Goop. If you've just taken a scroll on her website, um, a lot of her, you know, cultural appropriation and the whitewashing of traditional practices of healing, i.e. yoga. I mean, Emma and I don't practice yoga, so I'm not as familiar about like what is yeah, yoga culture and different terms and such. But yeah, her products are only going to be accessible to affluent white people. And she appropriates things like Ayurveda, yoga, meditation, even fasting. 
um, without giving credit where people are from. She doesn't have proper training or credentials. And she's just like repackaging these methods to sell. And it's not like she's focusing on maybe like, we're going to do some sort of a grant program or a give, not even a giveaway, but like, if you pay $5 a month, you can get access to all this. No, she's particularly putting these products at a fucking premium price. Like Gwyneth, at this point, if you're a multi-billion trillion dollar company, whatever the fuck, you probably have enough money where you could give people your shit for a lot lower of prices, right? Like sometimes when products are really expensive in the wellness space, I'm always like, okay, one, is that because the person is trying to profit off of it? Or two, is it because they're a small business and they're bootstrapped? And that's probably like the way that they could make it sustainable and in glass, right? But Gwyneth, it's like, I think you have some fucking investors. You don't need to charge shit that expensively. And also it's like people, like many people of like the cult of these cultures that like, they can no longer afford these foods either. Like, you know, for example, like quinoa, like South Americans, because now it's like, you know, this whole trend and like people are selling them at a premium price. And I think like, that's another thing to keep in mind too. Yeah. And that gets into like some of the products. I mean, I didn't want to get too much into this because I feel like it's not that interesting, but yeah, her biggest thing was like the vagina egg was like $66 and you'd shove it up your vagina. She had this candle and it said it smells like her vagina and the wellness summit thing. Tickets are like $1,200. So like, it's just, it's crazy. I can't imagine like spending that much regularly on her stuff. Yeah. And then the next um, step with Gwyneth is like talking about, I think, eating disorders. Um, I think like the biggest thing, obviously, that was like recently promoted during the pandemic was intuitive fasting, but she, she like read the book or whatever, and, like changed her life with like Will Cole. Basically, it's like this like four week, like fasting plan. And the issue with this really is that like she was promoting this new diet and book during National Eating Disorder Awareness Week. <laughs> and intuitive eating is actually like it's commonly used in like eating disorder and like diet culture recovery. I know when I was going to and um getting treated or whatever um for eating disorder recovery, like I like read the actual intuitive eating book and it like definitely helped me so much. And with intuitive eating, it's supposed to like help people become more in tune with like normal hunger cues. And like intuitive fasting is truly the antithesis of this because what is intuitive fasting? Like you're depriving your body of like food and like eating a really, really specific diet, which like totally strays away from like the whole purpose of like recovering and like getting again in tune with your normal hunger cues. And I think other things with like the promotion of like detoxes, which are just like, you know, drink bone broth for five days. And then like also like just promotes normalizes like orthorexia, which are just like having all these extreme clean eating rules, which like, again, tying into like purifying your life, your home, like only eating like non GMO, like organic shit, like only eating the cruciferous vegetables at like this time and this time. And I think like, yeah, it like really normalizes that. And I think like, you know, it's definitely has probably triggered so many eating disorders for so many people and like has caused people to go down a slippery slope that they probably would have not had gone down if they hadn't, if you didn't exist. And I think too, like Emma and I always kind of say that, you know, we're still like recovering from eating disorders. Like, I think it's something that will always live with you. And I think it's dangerous because particularly with the intuitive fasting, like Emma was saying, a lot of people, once you've had an eating disorder, you know, you want to get out of it. You want to return to some state of normal and feel like you are able to have moments of social eating and just feel good with food and have that healthy relationship. And then when you want to, you know, quote, take care of your health or maybe get interested in wellness, if like the buzziest name that comes up when you're looking for wellness information is someone like Goop. That's such a trigger back to eating disorders. And like, sometimes when I have listened to her podcast for maybe a very specific guest or like gone on her website and just seen like what the hell's on her website, 
it makes you, it just gets you back to that dark place where you're starting to question. Like once you've built up, like, let's say, you know, a few months of like feeling like you really have a routine down. And then you see one little sentence that is like, don't do this. And it's something that you have been religiously doing for three months. You're like, oh fuck. Like I, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. And I mean, generally, like we've been saying, I think in previous episodes that I think with our audience on the podcast, like a lot of you guys are younger and there's going to be information out there and there's not going to be a trigger warning by it. Like that's just part of life. Like you're going to go to a restaurant and they're going to serve you and you're not going to know how many calories in it. That's part of life. But I do think that the Goop website and like her whole brand of this intuitive fasting and like that being a mode of healing is so fucking problematic. And I don't really know if Gwyneth, I mean, I think she's trying to target like older women particularly, but I can just think of like the rabbit holes like that I felt like I fell down, which were like particularly like the high carb, low fat veganism, you know, I can just see a lot of people clicking onto her website out of like maybe trying to find what wellness is and then just like going back to a dark place. And that's why it's like, I, you know, I don't really know what the future of goop is. Like, can it exist anymore and still have some sort of efficacy behind it? Or should it just be entirely like taken down? I don't know. I don't know either. I mean, yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. And I, it's like definitely scary. It's like, obviously like whatever their targeted demographic is, like there's so many people who probably don't fit in that mold that like are going to the goop website And also it's like the people that are your targeted, like whatever readers, they're the last people that need to go on a fast. Like, yeah, honestly, like, and I, like, I think fasting for some people, some people like, you know, if it's like for someone who, whatever people that like are discussed about like whatever on other like health podcasts, like fasting can be a good thing for you. I'm not saying it's a good thing for like any of our listeners right now or anything, but it's like the people that you're trying to target, like they don't need to fast. Like truly you do not, they do not need to fast. Yeah, well, and also fasting too is like very cultural and very religious as well. And I don't think Gwyneth has any intention for that to be the reason behind fasting. And if she is, that is problematic. Like if she's just going to say like, quote, like, oh, the reason I was promoting fasting is because cultures have been doing it for years. It's like, that was not why you were trying to promote fasting. You were trying to promote fasting to make people thinner and profit off of it. That's it, Gwyneth. That's what you were trying to do. Um, Yeah, I think we're going to get into the next section about just kind of how Goop has changed wellness and kind of like whether or not you like it, I think she's there, right? Yes, the perception. Yeah, let's go get a ZV and we'll come on back. Okay, so whether or not you choose to acknowledge Goop, she is a big name in the whole wellness crub brawl that I'm sure you guys are all involved in. And I think to a degree, she has fucked up the public perception of wellness and turned off a lot of people to wellness for a good reason. They're just like some scammy person selling you snake oil. And I do think that Gwyneth is like a very easy, like malleable target for like attack. Like she's a very, just like oblivious white woman that is just making money for the point of making money. But I think it exemplifies this further like socio sociological issue in the United States where a lot of people do not trust government and do not trust doctors, but they will trust a random white woman like her to give them a cure. And I think it's created this huge opening in the wellness industry as well for a lot of companies to create predatory marketing tactics, bullshit health claims. Like I'm sure you've seen that on every product that's on your Instagram fucking ads that you get that has some weird health claim. Like that is tied a lot back to how Goop has created a business model. And it is also tied to the lack of government regulation in the wellness industry. And I wrote down in the notes here that I think Goop walked so Moonjuice could run. Like any wellness brand you now know, you now know, has definitely 
benefited from goop existing at all like she's opened people's eyes up to alternative healing and that's probably why some of your less problematic brands are able to exist and yeah i just think it's problematic because their business model depends on sowing doubt about the very you know scientific method upon which modern medicine is built like emma was saying earlier you can't really neg modern medicine if you're not going to prove any research for your alternative forms of healing either if that makes sense no, absolutely. Yeah. It's kind of like if, if you hate like modern medicine so much, like what is there so much to hate? Like you don't have anything to like prove that like yours are better. Um, like granted, yeah, there's gonna, there's issues with like the modern medicine, like industry, but it's like, that's how everything is. Like there's going to be problematic aspects of everything. Like nothing is like a hundred percent ethical. Um, so to claim that like you're all like high and mighty because you you know, are selling adaptogens and like claiming that you like invented them, it does not make you a better person. Right. And then I think this gets into the next point of just alternative medicine and like feminism. So when I was thinking about this podcast, like the whole title of Girl Boss, like I think 2020 took down a lot of like stupid problematic white women that had companies that probably didn't need to exist in the first place. When it didn't get taken down, as far as I'm aware, she's still profiting and is still existing as like the COO or whatever the fuck of Goop. But there's plenty of reasons in history for women to distrust the medical establishment. Um, When you think about abortion, when you think about contraceptive care, when you think about the whole, um, like really early on, like witchcraft, hysteria, all this, these, um, you know, treatments and symptoms and diagnoses that were perpetuating just this crazy women like that has been going on in history there's a really good book by Barbara Enrich about like I think it's I don't know exactly what it's called she writes a lot about like women's health issues from a political angle and talks a lot about how like yeah doctors have called women crazy for decades and decades and decades and so it makes sense for women not to trust their doctors and that kind of is why there's this opening for someone like Goop to fill the void like she's stepping in as being the healer for all of your fucking woes and I think it's just an issue too, where like chronic illness and the state of women's healthcare are enormous problems in America, but it disproportionately harms people living in poverty, black and Hispanic people, and people who live in rural areas and urban areas without adequate medical resources. And so she comes from wealth, she's appropriating culture, and she's preying on people's distrust with their doctors to sell them these BS cures. Like I was saying, like medicine has disenfranchised women and people of color for decades. When you think about sterilization, black infant mortality rate, so it makes sense like why I think all of us women particularly should distrust medicine to a degree. And I think too, with the healthcare system, which we've talked about in previous episodes, is that alternative me- medicine is sometimes more affordable than going to your doctor for healthcare providence just due to the healthcare system in the United States. And there are a lot of people avoid actually going out if they have like some serious chronic illness and they try to holistically cure it because they'll think they'll save money. But, you know, she is just perpetuating that wellness is only only accessible to certain people that fit this mold. And I also think, too, like we were talking about earlier, eating disorders, like she's just perpetuating this like skinny woman as well. Like she's really only wanting people to believe that health is intricately linked to thinness um, as that's like a beauty standard. And I think that's kind of where wellness gets a little bit like fuck too, where I think people that are in maybe makeup or fashion are very clear about like this is what a body should look like, or this is what a beautiful face looks like. But wellness has this like fucked up kind of language around it where it's a blurred line where they, they say all this stuff like inner health and like, it's your inner beauty. No, Gwyneth, I know you just want everyone to be stick thin. Like that's what you really want. So why don't you fucking say it? Right. 
Yeah, and I think also it's yeah, it's perpetuating really just like this like really like narrow kind of reductionist idea of like what wellness is, and it's like wellness like encompasses so much more, and there's so much clearly just like emphasis on just yeah being thin and perfect, and it's like that's not what wellness is all about, and I think like everyone has their own definition of wellness, but when you are like promoting like a really particular type, and again, it's like all really just fully catered, like Kate said, to like thin white woman because it's like those are like really the only people who are going to be able to afford to buy like $50 bone broth and drink that and like, you know, buy the jade eggs and actually think that they're going to work. Like there's so many people who like now are like so turned off by wellness and like don't even actually want to have any part to do with it, even if they are doing good and like, you know, trying to make wellness accessible in their community because there's like people like Goop that just like make it look like it's a whole like clown show. Um, And yeah, so I think there's like so much work that has to be done to kind of give, you know, alternative practitioners and like, you know, these different like ancient practices, like, you know, the cred- the credibility that they deserve and like the recognition that they deserve and like actually make them like legitimate, you know, practices that can help people in a more like sustainable fashion. But it's like, you know, when you have Goop who's kind of like controlling almost this entire like snake oil industry, it's, it's really hard to like, for a lot of people to like look in the, look to them and be like, okay, yeah, like this is like real. And they're like, I want to have like some part of this. I agree. And I think too, it's like a larger conversation about like, how could you decolonize the wellness industry? Like how could Gwyneth redistribute her wealth? I know with Glossier, this is not like the best example. This is just like something I was thinking of when they did that um, beauty creator fund program. I'm butchering butchering the name of it because I don't really know what it's called, but basically they like financially supported a lot of small businesses. um, And I think they had to be like black or person of color owned and particularly female owned businesses. And like, that could be a starting point for some of these bigger names of wellness to really think about like giving back to communities that probably have existed a long time fucking before Gwyneth tapped her hands in wellness and made some potions in a lab, right? Um, I just think it's an issue too where the, I haven't, I've listened to her podcast here and there, but I think too, where like now she's getting into the place of having like quasi-medical advice, right? Like, our podcast is not telling you how to cure your fucking IBS. Like you guys DM us that. And I'm just like, maybe take something, but I don't know. Like I'm not in the fucking place to do that. But I think when it has really blurred the lines between what is opinion and what is like medical advice and to her advantage, I think she wants to have that like illusion that she's both. She doesn't want to say she's a doctor. She doesn't want to say that she's like a fucking celebrity because then people are going to be like, okay, I shouldn't take advice from a celebrity. And so she just like floats around. Like she floats around, like I deserve to be in wellness for no reason. Um, And I think it's a larger, you know, like I'm always saying wellness means a lot to us uh, differently. Like we all have our own definitions of it and like how we got an entry point to wellness. And I think so much of what Gwyneth is perpetuating is a lot about body standards, obviously. And you know, for example, for me, like when I was had my eating disorder and I was probably at my thinnest, like I was not my happiest. I was not the most healthy. Like I had osteopenia. What was healthy about that? Like I was deficient in plenty of vitamins and nutrients, hated my life, like didn't have any friends. What was so like well and healthy about my body then? Right. No. Yeah. Nothing, nothing. Yeah. And I can speak for the same about myself too. And I think again, it's so much also focused on like self-care as opposed to community care and it's just, it's a really slippery slope that can like lead to so many dangerous things for anyone. And there's so many, again, young women who do flock to the website and probably do look for, you know, advice or like want to have like reassurance. Like, oh yeah, like what I'm doing is okay. Because like you told me to. Yeah. And I think it ties back to the TikTok episode we did where like those videos, like 
how to be that girl and it's like a little a bunch of fucking clips of someone's day where like they do yoga they drink water with a lemon slice it's like shows that they woke up at 6 20 a.m or some shit like that like why I also feel like too it's so much of a cult environment as well that you feel like you have to demonstrate that like I made a recipe on the Goop website like I bought something that Goop promoted and I think like yeah we all live in capitalism like I know that I'm a consumer and I have products I like and I have brands that I support as well and you know whatever but like the whole identity and I think the whole their her little health summits and her fucking kitchen are just getting to a point where it's so like lifestyle culty that it just gets very dystopian like Gwyneth probably wants people to go live in communes somewhere and like take the yoni eggs like that's essentially what she was trying to do with all of her summits um so I don't know maybe she can take them all and fucking they can go hang out and not deal with the rest of us out here I guess and then some other people can yeah clean up the mess that she created yeah well maybe we'll make some more goop memes for the next week whenever this podcast goes live or this week I guess that would be good. My, I need, I need new topics to create memes about. Yeah, it's crazy. The the memes go fucking crazy. Um, you know, a lot of men on dating apps still be asking about the memes. Oh it's yes, my right. opening thing. You had a weird fucking message today. You sent me. What was oh, it? Yeah, I'm gonna read it. Some what shit. Just some dude was like, "You're interesting." Um, he's like. Okay, you're like images or let me pull it up. I, I want to read a word for word. Yeah, some guy messaged me earlier today and it said, hey, girl boss. And I said, gaslight or some shit like that. I was like, he what? said, your photos tell a very interesting story about you. I'd like to take you on a romantic date. He's probably going to murder you. Sir, interesting story. <laughs> Explain that one to me. Romantic yeah. date. This seems all too good to be true. An interesting story. What? It's not like you have any like action shots of you like sipping like shaga tea. It, it's truly, it's truly just selfies of me. And then like the photo, the one full body image of me in front of the Dykeman like one train station. Love. Yeah, that's like my one full body photo too. God, that was such a funny day. Rest in peace. Um, Rest in peace. August first, Emma. You have any manifestations for the month? Um, I feel like this week will either like make or break me I am anticipating big big news and if it doesn't go the way that I want I might be sad for a little bit but you know we just get back on our feet and try again that's the extent that I'm going to get into it but manifestation girlies um please manifest more for me (laughs) live in the city and that's our August vibes uh yeah I'm just you know trying to take it day by day get through my little fucking Truman show where I feel like every day is just me spinning I sold a bunch of clothes and I actually feel like I'm going like Marie Kondo decluttering um if I can use Marie Kondo as a verb I guess right like she's the person that did all the decluttering right um so that feels good for me mentally um maybe I'll make some peach jam tomorrow if I have the patience I know I I need like something new and exciting to make in the kitchen or I just like want I just need some newness in my life I mean granted I have like my apartment but I'm like um I've been yeah, here. We get I get it. It. I've walked on every single street in lower Manhattan. Like, what's the point now? Like, I, I need something pea, new. I ate pea soup today. That was some newness for me. Look at you go. I know. What else do I got to do? Nothing really. Just girl boss haggling, waiting on TikTok to care if I live or die. And then, yeah, just doing podcasts with you, mate. Um, <laughs> that's about it. Love it. Love, love, love. Okay. Hope you guys enjoyed today's show. Um, if you like today's podcast, we always are looking for more reviews in the Apple Podcast Store. It does help us a lot, get feedback, and also just 
maintain this steady workflow we got going for you guys of course yeah, keep liking the more memes. the merrier the more yeah. the merrier of course keep liking the memes you know even though that produces nothing for our life um it just yeah we just get more followers and i don't we don't make money off of it but it's just it was a little bit more serotonin yeah it's just it's like oh cool like oh my god i can't I, I mean when we first got 10k i was like damn meme makers now do we have more than the dewey dudes we're reaching them. I think they're at 16 something. They've been, ugh, you know, Dewey dudes. If but, but they've they've been around longer than us. So like, honestly, we've had a faster growth. Truly. I mean, they, yeah, they're engaged, but they don't post podcasts as regularly as we do. 16 point. They're not, they're not as on top of it as we are. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's hard. They're just himbos and we're girl bosses. Now, Dewey dudes, if you're listening for some odd reason and you want to have us on your podcast, we can if you want to come on ours we'll consider it we don't like having guests but maybe we'll we can. consider we'll probably reject it we'll probably reject it just as a means for us to get onto your show but you know maybe we can do some meme collabs about you know putting chlorophyll on your face and you guys can repost it or something okay. i don't actually support men so we're probably not going to do it but <laughs> just have us on your fucking show thanks okay girl boss uh, okay we gotta go yeah you gotta, i'd gotta drink my mood my mood powder from recess yeah new giveaway coming out soon girlies you know we're just giving you guys so much love and the least you could do is give us a review because there's another giveaway oh, coming up. <laughs> okay bye bestie thanks bye. for listening to what the fuck is cmos goodbye Italy. everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.